Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Ignite. And I got to tell you, um, of, of all the people we will interview on this podcast, we have with us today the one that I most wanted more than anything else. And, and you just come to my doorstep. I mean, how did this happen? This Surprise! Jack <laughs> is uh, just, he is the poster guy, okay, for um, get over it. Whatever's going on, get over it. I talked to so many Christians about sharing their faith that they, oh, you know, they just can't quite get there. They've they got a hangnail problem. <laughs> something, something that, in, in, you know, in comparison is meaningless. I know we have big problems in life. Um, but it's so easy to let those problems consume our lives. And we're not going to share our faith if, we, if, if we're going to be focused on that. Okay. And I, as most of you know, I come to that from not an academic standpoint. The word is complete. It's just overwhelming and, and how we count it all joy. But uh, I lost a daughter two years ago. Um, everybody expects me to smile. You know, I have a pretty good life. I really do. Thank you, Lord. You've just given me everything I have is yours. But people expect me to smile. But 10 years ago when I was in in a hospital and I was dying and the doctors gave up on me, I was still smiling. <laughs> in fact, I would say, okay, God, uh, if I do die, I'm gonna die uh, doing my, I'm gonna die to win, I'm gonna do everything I can, I'm gonna die trying to win as many people as I can to you as possible. And when I got out of the hospital, I counted 23 doctors and nurses that I'd had serious conversations with about God. Uh, but I often, and for years, have, Nick, have used Dick as, a, as an example I mean, how how can you have no arms and no legs and be the happiest guy in the planet? I don't know anybody happier than you. I mean, it's just contagious. And so um, you're a great example of what I often talk about, and that is whatever you're going through. David Wilkerson preached a great message many years ago, my dear friend. Right song, wrong side. Mm. When the children of Israel got to the river, they were happy until they got down there. And then all of a sudden they started beating up on Moses. We couldn't have died back. No, but you're going to have us die here in the middle of nowhere. And so we put a staff in the water. They go across. They get the other side and they sing, right? They, they do a monument and they sing. And Dave's message was right song, wrong side. <laughs> you got to sing on the right side. When you're in the midst of the product, I tell people all the time, don't waste it. Well, you've got that. Your, your testimony, your, offer, your, your ability to share what it means to have trust in God is on steroids. And you have a lifetime of it. I mean, my gracious. Well, God bless you too. Uh, and thank you for being <laughs> such a, I mean, by the grace and, and, and mercy of God, uh, just an incredible testimony of his faithfulness uh, and, and, so and graciousness so to us. Good. And so a hundred percent, you know, like Johnny Erickson Tata, right? Uh, One of the other great giants. There. I use the two of you. Often. I, lo I, I, I love, use Johnny a lot. As love well. Johnny a lot. And, and we talked about her <laughs> because before she we said she says, God ordained it that I that I had this accent because how could I possibly reach the people I reached for the Lord had I you know and and the way that that people just frame it in in going back to scripture knowing that what the enemy tried to use for bad God can turn into good but Johnny to me is one of the greatest examples of those people who radiate the joy of Jesus even in the the times where she's in unspeakable pain yeah. and she's singing and and just the joy <laughs> is oozing like she when she leads us in worship she's amazing I mean, that's spirit-led so, worship. Really so praise is. God. And, you know, a lot of people are suffering, as you know, since 2020 and COVID and depression, fear, anxiety, and trying to say, okay, when does it go back to normal? When do we go to church? Well, wait a second. Our joy is not about if we go to a church. I'm not saying not to go to church if you, if you go to a church, but, but, but really that personal friendship day, with God. Every you moment know? of every that's day. That's it. Because God is good. And look. Gracious. You and I have bad days still, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, went, I, I go through ups and downs. We all go through ups and downs. But in the end, uh, you know, when, when you know that, that God is in control and you know you, you're in circumstances that are way beyond your plan, your intellect, yeah, your yeah. strength, that's when you're like, yeah, God, I fully trust you. We've been through so many things that when things go wrong now, Karen and I literally say, okay, God, what are you up to now? Yeah. <laughs> have we got another lesson to learn? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, quicker I learn it, it. Yeah. I thought I learned it already. Sometimes you teach me the same lesson over yeah, and over. I, I thought I learned that lesson. <laughs> you know what I mean? hundred percent. Golly, I can what I'm going through my mind. And then the other one, okay, who are you bringing into my life? Because of this problem. I got a flat tire. I've got a meeting. I've done this twice. I got a meeting. I'm, I'm already late. Really got it? Okay. 
I look around. Okay, the guy is going to help me from AAA. <laughs> He's going to get Jesus, you know. And then people stop, and all of a sudden you're talking to somebody never want to, you never want to talk to them before. And all of a sudden he, he just say something simple like, you know, uh, oh God always looks after me. He's going to bring me the best AAA guy in the world. We're going to have a great time, and God works it all. It's just fun with it. Yeah. And you have these ways of operating, but you you have a lifetime of this. But, First off, can we can I get a empty just time out? Yeah. <laughs> talk talk about this is a lifetime. You were born this way. I was born this okay. way. Some people there may how many people know you? Like two billion people. I have been on television at two billion. Two two a billion people in China and a billion. Two people billion people know yeah. who you are. Yeah. Two billion people yeah. would love to be sitting here listening to this. Well, okay. I, two billion people, and we get to do all this. for the glory is this, of God. Is this this is, this is fun. cool? Now this is cool to be with you. So, so explain, uh, we got a lot to talk about, but, sure. but there may be somebody that's had sure, yeah. earmuffs no, on yeah. or something. They don't, they don't, how, there must be somebody out there, maybe somebody out there that doesn't know your story. Can yeah, we tell sure. that part of it right Absolutely, quick? Because yeah. it's so amazing. Yeah, look, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was born in Melbourne, Australia in 1982. Um, I'm a PK. My dad actually, with my mom, started a church 11 months before I was born. Immigrants. Now that's the toughest challenge. Being a PK is almost harder, and growing up serving the Lord is almost harder than not having arms and legs. It's certainly a disability. <laughs> I tell people I got two disabilities. You're a PK now. I'm free. <laughs> now I am impressed. Okay. <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. So then, you know, the whole church was wondering why would God allow the pastor's son to be born this way? No medical reason why. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the little mind. My mom didn't take any morning sickness pills. She was a nurse herself. Um, and so she knew what to do, what not to do in a pregnancy. But my parents were immigrants out of communism Yugoslavia. Yeah. My mom yeah. was six, six, my dad was 15, and they went to refugee camps. Yeah. And they eventually got on a boat to Australia with nothing and started from scratch. Uh, they had a son and daughter after me who have arms and legs. Yeah. And yeah. so it was just yeah. known that Nikki had no arms and no legs. Maybe he didn't love them enough. And that, there was he, didn't, like, he didn't love them as much as he loves you. Yeah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, I don't take it to the extreme to say this is the way that God ordained it, as much as to say it's not good to have no limbs. Mm. It's, there's nothing good. I mean, it's no. fun because I can get out of a Ford GT really easy. Right? <laughs> Which we just did. Which we just did. It was so cool. And by the way, that was a 25 mile an hour zone. We were just in doing um, a little faster than that. But I figured, you know, if he pulls us over, you know, if he pulls us over, I could say, really? I mean, do you see who my passenger is? You're not really going to give me a ticket with, with I just saw just blame passenger. it on me, right? They're not going to handcuff me or anything. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do anything. Anyway, um, but yeah, look, it is difficult to have no arms, no legs. And there are, there are seasons of my life where, where especially uh, where my second son was, was a baby, and I couldn't help him, and I couldn't help my wife. And you're like, oh, man, I just wish I had hands to pick up my kids. Um, and, and those moments are there, you know. Um, so I'm not saying that it's it's easy or, you know, this is it. I've, I've embraced it. We all have ups and downs with different challenges and many other challenges when, especially on the battlefield for the Lord, and you're generally in the yeah. kingdom of, of <laughs> <laughs> generally in the, in the army of, of the kingdom. And you're standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic, right? It gets hot. Um, but what we must understand is that whatever circumstances we're in, God can change it. But there's a purpose in it. Um, and, and God may change your heart if he doesn't change the circumstance. Now, do I have a pair of shoes in my closet in case God says yes? Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the miracles. I've seen 13 yeah. miracles. I've seen exorcisms. I've actually seen demons walking through walls. I've met with the witch doctors in Africa um, and, and seen the power of God. Now, could God now give me arms and legs? Sure. Am I waiting for them? No, I'm not waiting for them. I don't need arms and legs. Um, and that's the greatest thing of all, that even when you don't get a miracle, you can still be one in the hands of God, knowing that God can take your broken pieces um, and, and do something beautiful. So something of which I had no idea of when I was a kid, went to school, was the first special needs child to be integrated into the education system of Australia. So bullying was prevalent. I was the most uncommon kid. Boy, right? kids can be so tough. And still today, still today, they're even worse. Um, and so from age 8 to 12, I went through depression, attempted suicide at age 10. Oh, my. Because I was, I mean, I, I had a loving family. My mom and dad loved me. They said, you're beautiful. God has a plan for you. We're going to be here. Don't worry about what anyone else says and, you know, all these kinds of things. Wow. But it wasn't enough. I wanted to know why. Why me? Sure. What was the plan? Of what was course. the purpose? How could any good come from this? 
And so I convinced myself that I'd never get married. Even if I got married, I can't even hold my wife's hand. I'd never be a good father. How can I hold, hold my kids when they're crying? I'm not going to get a job, never going to be independent, just a burden to everyone. I might as well disappear. And so I tried to drown myself at age 10, um, hated God, didn't talk to him for four years straight. I knew something was missing and I wanted to believe in heaven. Who wouldn't want to believe in heaven? Who wouldn't want to believe in a loving God? But when you don't understand that and where is he, it's confusing. Uh, No matter how old you are, right? Um, And so for me, um, I, I decided to stay because I saw this visual in my mind, thinking of my mom and my dad crying at my grave, wishing they could have done something more. And uh, it was with that visual in my mind that I'm like, okay, wait, 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 they don't deserve that. So I decided to stay. Age 13, played soccer, hurt my little foot. (laughs) I couldn't walk for three weeks. I felt freaking disabled. You played soccer. I played soccer. (laughs) And I did this really cool matrix, jumping up in the air, karate kid kick kind of style thing. This ball bent my foot backwards on itself, sprained my foot. I couldn't walk. And I felt disabled for the very first time. I'm like, this sucks, right? And I'm looking at the ceiling, and I'm like, man, I will never complain about having no arms and legs again. I'm going to so be thankful for this. Our studio here at the house is is downstairs, and I thought, how is he going to get Oh, no problem. Here he comes walking down the stairs. <laughs> he says, oh, no, I don't want anybody to carry me downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to break an arm if someone's carrying me down, right? So okay. I, I go downstairs. I get people to carry me up. I'm smart, right? But um, going up is a little bit more yeah, difficult. Yeah, a little more challenge. But, uh, but age 13 was when the first kind of pillar of an aha moment of like, okay, it, it sucks, <laughs> but it could be a lot worse. And then at age right, 15. Right when you're going into adolescence, that's when most kids just completely fall apart and they just, everybody's complaining and making them feel stupid and all that. And this and is I, when you start turning the corner. I think because I already had a, a fast track of maturity to process okay. what my life looked yeah. like as a younger yeah. kid yeah, yeah, yeah. because I wouldn't be really um, able to, to mm-hmm. integrate fully into the activities of my peers as much as then oh. just, you know, converse yeah. with teachers and yeah. adults, right? Yeah. yeah. And try to think about, wait a second, you know, like, what does my life look like? So I think that was fast track okay. that way. All right. But that's that a great sense. point. Age 15, was at Bible study, at church, had to go to church. My dad, my dad's a pastor. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> go to church, man. And, uh, and uh, I was reading John chapter 9 in the group. And Jesus was asked, why was the blind man born blind? And I'm like, Whoa. If Jesus was here on earth, that would be like very similar of a question. Yeah, sure. Why was he born disabled? Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, question yeah. that the world couldn't answer yeah, me for sure. all these years. Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. But before we get there, the people say, well, is it because of his parents had sinned, like punishing? Oh, yeah. oh geez. Or is it that yeah. the blind man mm-hmm. had sinned and therein born blind? You know what that is? Reincarnation. So reincarnation yeah, and these yeah, other religions yeah. that are new age aren't new age. I mean, the old age, right? Uh, we got to understand that. And so even back then, was it of a previous life that he was then punished? Well, we know that if God punishes for our sin, the wages of sin is death. So he ain't punishing us. Yeah. We know that God blesses obedience, sure, and sacrifice, sure. But if he really punishes us for sin, we wouldn't be breathing. So that's God, okay? Mm. So we know it wasn't a punishment. What I love about this, Barry, is Jesus didn't sit the blind man down and say, hey, my name's JC, I'm the healer. I'm going to spit in the dirt. And when I'm through with the facial and putting mud on your face, you're going to see. Like, he didn't get the blueprint of the plan, okay? And that was my point. It's like, I want mm. to know mm. your plan. Mm. Okay. It's interesting, right, yeah. where yeah. we want, if God, if, God if, if you just made a little bit more sense, then we trust you. But really, if he gave us the blueprint of, our, of the plan that he had for us, where would faith need to be exercised? If we knew it, yeah. then we wouldn't have to trust. And so trust in the Lord with all your heart. Time out. Okay. Time out. Yeah. There's a ton of people watching this right now. Yeah. That are in a spot of yeah. some sort of difficulty in their 100%. life. And they're asking why. Yeah. And they, and they don't see God. They can't look ahead. They, you have to look through everything through God's eyes at everything. How he's perfecting us. He uses it to perfect us. And use this as a witness. So, I mean, keep keep it coming. But folks, right, right. Uh, eternalize this for yourselves, wherever you're at. What he's saying is 
powerful. So, I, so I, I know what you, I know what you'd miss this. So, so what I want you to know is, of course, I prayed for arms and legs, and I'm not the guy to say that anything you want, God's going to give you, because the moment that God cannot say no to me, mm -hmm. then I'm higher than mm -hmm. God. Yeah. yeah, you can't. So he's not a genie. He's not this. He doesn't want everyone to have a million bucks. He doesn't want everyone to have a you know blah blah blah. You know, it's not about prosperity gospel. I could die of cancer as a Christian. You nearly die. Christians freaking die physically. We're going to die of something. <laughs> Happens every day. Happy, you know, happy news, right? Like, we're, sure. we're going home. Well, we're this not, ain't it. We're not getting out of here alive. Right? I, <laughs> I love it. It's like how I go, who cares? My dad died three years ago. I nearly died in 2016 mm. in a hospital in California. Mm. And so, you know, you don't know when and how. And so God can choose to give me or not give me arms and legs. I knew that. But in what Barry just said, you also need to understand that if you truly believe that God is God as well, not only does he not have to always do what we think he should, when and how we think he should, but also in a time that he doesn't tell you an answer, where you at least understand, like, okay, I am broken. I can't do this without you. And that in itself is the pinnacle of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, where we know we need him, that he becomes our friend, that he carries us when we cannot walk in that desperation. That is the pinnacle of your relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whether you have arms or not. <laughs> right. It's the same. It's the same it's for the all same. of us there. And whether you're a foster kid or whether you've been oh sexually abused yeah, or whether you, you've been matter. human trafficked or, or cancer or lost a child or lost a spouse or whatever. Brokenness is brokenness. And you can never compare each other's brokenness. You can't. I would rather, right, people would rather have, you know, give up an arm than their parents ever divorced. Yeah. Right? Like living in a broken home, I think it's worse living in a broken home than having no arms, no legs. And so pain is pain, but hope is hope. <laughs> but there's only one Lord and his name is Jesus. Yes. And so when I saw that Jesus didn't give the blind man the plan, but the blind man, imagine, I'm blind and you're Jesus and I'm hearing this and, and you get mud in your face and you start putting your hands on my face. Like, whoa, whoa, time out. Like, who are you? What do you want? What, what's the plan? Right? And, and he says nothing. You could have just snapped his I could have, right. And he could have. There you go. And he did with some others, right? Just in the shadow of even mm -hmm. the, the, the disciples, people were being healed. But he chose to do it this way. He, blind man, be still and know that I am God. Some of us just need to just, Whoa. we take ourselves too seriously sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm not belittling anyone's pain, Barry. Mm -hmm. You know I'm not. Mm -hmm. But God is bigger mm -hmm. than your problem. You don't tell, you, you heard that saying? Yes. Yeah. He, don't, don't tell God how big your problems are. I'll tell you your problem. How there's big, there's uh, another saying I've, I've lived with for a lot of years. I got it from Bill Gothard way back when basically uh, you, whatever that, basically, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are watching very don't know what I'm talking about, seven, eight, Keep so many truths. One was God is not nearly as concerned with what you go through as how He is and how you respond to what you go through. Because you don't just go through it; you grow through you it. You grow through it. Amen. Yes, exactly. Amen. Exactly. And that's the amazing like, thing. We can have something happen to us. Pardon me for interrupting, but no. we have something happen to us, and we get so mad. Yeah. Or we can have something happen to us and say, "Okay, God." I don't get this. I don't see how you're going to get me out of it. Right, right. But I know you will. Right. Amen. Amen. And here's the, here's the point. We say at our ministry, Life Without Limbs, your history is his story. Mm. And so yeah. so if I went through what yeah. I've been through. Say that again. What's that? Your history? Yeah. Your history is his story. And so he's the, he's the author and perfecter of your faith, yes, correct? Yes, yes, so yes. we don't hold the pen. Yeah. We don't, he holds a pen. Whether you like it or not, he holds a pen, right? And he's writing your story right now. Woo, yeah. And he, he don't wow. owe us an explanation. He's God. Who, mm. I, who am I? Mm. Who do you think I am? Mm. No way. Mm. I am dung. My righteousness is dung. We don't deserve anything. Forget it. Done. So he's writing the story. I gave my life to Jesus Christ at 15. I said, God, more than arms and legs, rescue my soul. Give me your peace. I need peace more peace. than arms. People have arms and legs. No peace. People have arms and legs, but they feel like they need to 
make themselves pretty to be more popular or bully other people mm. to make them mm. feel mm. no it's it's not about the outside it's not about what the world thinks of you it's about the one who created you for a greater purpose that you can't even fathom because he's God and he's writing the story to the point where when you don't get a miracle he causes you to be a miracle for mm. someone else mm. Mm. Mm, that's, that's, that's heavy teaching right there. Right. So someone <laughs> of you, right, losing a child. Barry can share what him and his wife Karen had gone through and the questions, the grieving, um, yet the hope that they had, going through the emotions, possibly going through counseling. Many strong Christians I know, including myself, need counseling from time to time. God uses dentists for our teeth. God uses Christian psychologists for our heart and our mind too, okay? Because we also go through PTSD and all that kind of stuff. And I just want you to know that no one's spared from the attacks of the enemy. No one's spared from loss. No one's spared from death itself of the physical. But it's how you respond to it. You know, we still have people to this day say, you haven't finished grieving it. You never entered the anger stage. We never, we, that, that pisses me who off. Am I gonna be, that pisses me who off. Who am I going to be angry at? You know? Are you kidding me? Unless Anger, you've gone through it, you can't. Uh, so and everyone's different, right, most, Barry? Most marriages don't survive the loss of yeah, a child. That's you know? and, and ours flourished. It brought us closer together. That's amazing. That's a testimony. To God because we really sought God more. It just caused us... Satan wasn't going to get us. We sought God more. God, what are you doing? And all of you have come to the Lord because of our daughter's passing. I mean, yeah. in the hundreds. Yeah. But you've already been walking with the Lord for many, for well, many, and, many years. And, and she well, was, she was walking and serving God and, and leading right. people to the Lord. Right. I, I hope someday that when we get to heaven, the, our rewards come from how many people. The only thing that matters 100 years from now is how many people are in heaven because of our influence. That's Amen. Right. Okay. So I hope someday that I can get somewhere close to where Nicole is, you know, I, because the, the, the overachievers are going to be closer to the throne. I'm going to be in the suburbs somewhere, right? I don't know. But I'm thinking, I, I hope that Nicole and, and Nick, will you remember my name so I can come up and visit you and see what it's like in that place close to the throne? No, look, uh, you know, we... But it is the reward. It is. It's, it's we're... Nothing matters. It doesn't matter how many bottles of Carmax I saw. So you know that? Amen. It doesn't matter. Amen. I'm not going to think about car. I yeah. love Carwax. Yeah. I love yeah. cars. You and yeah. I love cars. Yeah. All these patients, it's fun to have them. Nor but, even but how much money you gave away. It doesn't doesn't matter. As much as Zero. someone doesn't from matter. the procurement. No. That's the Bible. No. It's not about how much money you gave it's to how many pe- You give a lot of money away and, and not lead one person to the Lord. I mean, because you got all kinds. Of, I got my name on a building. I got to go on a trip, and they treated me like royalty and everything. How many people got saved? The only thing that's going to matter is how many people are in heaven because of our right. influence. Amen. And look, hand in hand, feeding yeah. the, the hungry, clothing the, na- the naked, yeah. as serving as if Jesus was one of the least of them. We know that we're commanded to do that. But, but the jewels in our crown. Yeah. Uh, the souls. But if you only do that, you just made people, give people a full stomach and be better looking in their clothes on their way to hell. You, I mean, seriously. I mean, we want to do that. We're called to do that. We're demanded more than anything else in Scripture. Feed, clothe the poor, whatever. But if you just do it to feed and clothe them, and you're not there to, for their soul, what, what good is it? You need 100%. both. 100%. You know? And so, 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 so what I want people to know is... Um, for me, um, I felt so desperate for hope. I didn't think hope was for me. And when you first get that first love of Jesus, Revelation 1-3, go back to your first love and all this other distraction mm-hmm. goes away. Um, when you are in prison in the spirit and lost in the dark, and you then come to the love and light of Jesus. All you want to do is tell someone else about the you best. You can't help it. You can't. You can't help it. You if can't. you love God, if, if you're not sharing him, you don't yeah. love him. He's not your first love. You love him. But he says, right, you've left your first love mm. to, the, to the church of Ephesus. He's when, telling the church, you've left your first love and you stop doing your first work. The first thing every Christian does is share their faith. And many people who first give their life to Jesus Christ, two, three, four years later, haven't even shared their story with many, many people. But they probably did. 
immediately you have that impulse. I led a guy to the Lord about three weeks ago after a funeral, a dear friend. And he was crying. It was such a wonderful redemption. He came up from his tears. He says, I have so many friends i got to tell about Jesus. First work. Amen. Well, if we don't keep doing that first work and keep God as our first love, Amen. Amen. We, he, he says he'll take the, the candlestick. He'll remove our testimony. Mm. And the church has lost his testimony. Amen. Most Christians have lost their 100%. Testimony, you know? And I think that's one of the disabilities so, of the church yeah. that, that have been fully exposed. Um, so, but... First love. First love. And so what we got to understand is that God puts people in your life to ignite that hunger like, for like God. Yes. Well, I, I, it's just shown this episode today, so we got to put this on. You're pandering to me. We're gonna, no, no, no. We, gotta, I, I just, we creatively put it in because all about igniting that passion mm. flame. And if, if, if there is no more wood in the fire and there's no wind blowing yeah. it, the yeah. fire goes yeah. out, right? Yeah. So get and that fire back. Not. Sadly, okay. less than 1% of all Christians are sharing their faith. They're so concerned with their problems. They have no joy. They have they have no oil in the tank, no gas in the tank. Because they've forgotten the, the true north out. and the compass yeah. of the spiritual calling yeah. that God yeah. has given us, the Great yeah. Commission, right, Matthew 28. And so for, for, for me, I just want to share this part. I was age 17. I was just um, uh, awarded as a student government rep at my high school. <gasps> the 61-year-old janitor cleaning the toilets at my high school looks at me and says, as a Christian, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, uh-huh. He said, why aren't you going to the Christian group on Friday? And I had to make an excuse. I'm like, well, those are the nerds, right? You just don't want to be seen with them. They're like freaking nerdy, right? I want to be with my unsaved friends. And that's that was my excuse, right? And and he took- Doing ministry. Planting seeds of hope. Planting seeds, seeds. Yes. And so he said, um, <clears throat> you're going to be a worldwide speaker. I Whoa. said, I said, what? He said, you're going to be a worldwide speaker, and I want to arrange the first speech. Oh, yeah. It's age 17. Age 17. High school. And I said, no, for three months. And then he twisted my arm. I said, yes. And I got in front of this little group of six, seven students, and I just shared from my heart. I mean, I was nervous, right? You're nervous. But Matthew 10, 19, it's not you speaking, but I through you, you, right? The Holy Spirit. And so my palms were sweating. My knees were shaking. And and people were just starting to cry. And I'm I'm like. Holy Spirit. Why are they crying? Already, Wait, already and I'm like, right there. And they're like, the that was amazing. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, no, it wasn't. They're like, no, that really touched me. I'm like, okay. They started calling me. Churches, youth groups, blah, blah, blah. Age 19, um, I was in front of a public school. And back in even those days, 2002, you can't say the swear word Jesus at a public school. And so, <laughs> and so, and so I had a seven-minute speech. And within three and a half minutes... Before I spoke, I'm like, God, I, I want to know. E- even if I can't say your name here at a public school, will you bless it? And I didn't say his name, but he was blessed. And one girl came and cried on my shoulder, and she, she, she wept on my shoulder in front of everyone. She said, thank you. No one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. Mm. And that's when I knew I was born mm. to be a speaker yeah. and evangelist, yeah. to be his hands wow. and feet. And then at age 24... I met in California a beautiful little boy, 19-month-old Daniel Martinez, no arms, no legs, just like me, little foot, and he's being held up above the crowd. And I looked at him like, oh, my gosh. So I stopped my sermon. Can't imagine. Brought him up. Wow. I'm looking down at him. He's looking up at me. Wow. And I can't give him, you know, whatever. So I just put my foot in his foot like a little low too, you know. And I, I had a flashback of all the depression, all mm. the bullying, oh all my. the questioning, all oh the my. grieving. Mm. And I'm like, I know what this kid's going to go through. But now he can look at me and say, wow, well, if God had a plan for Uncle Nicky, yeah. then wow. he's got a plan for little Daniel. Wow. Wow. And so wow. this is the thing. Wow. If God allowed what we've gone through and going to go through, because mm. he never promised a life without suffering, mm. but if he doesn't waste that pain, and doesn't let you go through that in vain, and you grow through that, and then using that as his story of how God carried you when you couldn't mm. walk. Mm. I mean, what do you think I want? Arms and legs for a stupid 90 years, or an eternal life yeah. where they're in heaven, I have yeah. arms and legs, yeah. and Daniel runs to me with his arms and legs, <laughs> and Whoa. hugs me, Whoa. and says, Whoa. thank you, brother, for, for eternity. And then for this is my eternity. wife, these are my kids, these are my great-great-great-great-grandkids. For eternity. For eternity, generations. 90 years. Well, you know, that song, 
Amazing Grace, when we've been yeah. there 10,000 yeah. years, yeah. it could just as easily be said when we've been there 10 million yeah. or 10 billion, billion years, we've yeah. only just begun. Right. Right. And we're worrying about what happens in yeah. 90 years on this planet? Amen. Seriously? Amen. Why? We're so, it's somehow, and we have so many friends that that's all they see, and they just don't want to give up being God to accept God. Yep. And, yep. you know, it's yep. just. They so have no idea the, the joy, the joy, the, I mean, Amen. the fun, even when you have no arms and no legs, the joy of serving God, keeping him first. And when you have that joy, when you love God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, everything in you, you can't help but share it. You just got to tell people. Now, that's that's the caveat. What does that look like? You're hearing what Barry's saying, but what does that look for you today? Do you pray more than a minute, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today, you know, May it not get too hot in Arizona and bless the poor people who don't have any food, right? Is that, a, is that a personal relationship with God? Absolutely not. When you have a personal relationship with the Lord, what I've done to a point is like, I want to pray. I want to pray for those people around me. And I do it by name. So I actually wrote out my prayer years ago. And I actually pray for specific prayers. You know what's so cool about writing out your prayer and then reading that out? Mm-hmm. You have to change yeah. it every three weeks because something comes to pass. <laughs> it's amazing. We, God moves more than you're so focused on why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. He's done this. That was bad, but that could have been even worse. And you're not even acknowledging that. It's that personal yeah. walk with God where he becomes your friend. And you go and talk to your friend on a good day, on a bad day whether they give you something or not. You don't just text him when you need him. That's not a friend. That's a genie. So God wants you. He wants your heart, all of you. And the quicker we learn those lessons, Barry, Mm, mm. my goodness, how stubborn are we sometimes? You know, when you live as long as I have lived serving the Lord, I was born in church. (laughs) I was born in the church almost, you know. So I've been working and serving the Lord all my life. I've been sharing my faith on a daily basis since the 70s. But I remember back at times thinking, I haven't prayed for three days. I, I gotta remember to keep remembering to pray, I gotta pray. And then I saw this prayer without ceasing. I thought, oh yeah, right, you could really pray with it. And they, they would never accomplish anything, you know? It's, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, about a year ago, it hit me, I'm praying without ceasing. You know why? Because I'm sharing my faith. Mm-hmm. Because I'm focused on moving everybody every day mm-hmm. closer to Jesus. So when I walk in a room, I figure 90% of them are not saved. Mm-hmm. Just about anywhere I go, about 90% of the people there are, are heading to hell. I mean, let's get serious. They are. You go in a market, you go to an event, you go to a waiting room, wherever you are. And they're lost, and they're, they're hurting, and they're starving for love. Yes. And so when you allow the Holy Spirit, just start, okay, God, I just walk into every room, <laughs> you know, bring them on, you know? And he directs their steps as well as yours. Yeah, yeah. And when those things happen, it's yes. like, wow. Yeah. But what happens afterwards is then, I call it self-discipling because you have to be in the Word. You're being asked all kinds of questions that you can't answer. So you're digging like treasure, right? So now you have purpose to your Bible reading. You have purpose for praying because God, you brought that, Bob Blaine into my life today. That would you just brought him into your life. God be with Bob and, and bless him. And then there was Tricia this afternoon, and, and that was an amazing. I can't even believe I got to talk to her. And, and so, and then you start praying for people you're going to bring into my life tomorrow. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you're you're praying through the day. You're praying at night. You have purpose. You're not just reading the yeah. word because yeah. you have to. Yeah. You're not praying. You know, I'm falling asleep by yeah. prayer, but I know yeah. I need to pray. You can't get it. You can just. You're just. It's active. Sharing your faith. That's why he made the Great Commission. Amen. When when you share your faith, everything else works. Even when you're speaking and the words come out of your mouth that you know is the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. God mm-hmm. just gives you stuff. It just comes out. Yep. You know, and you know, God is working and your faith soars. I'll give you one scripture that just drives me wild. It's in Isaiah, the Old Testament, Isaiah 43.10. He says, I appoint you as my witness so that you will believe. (laughs) Is that cool? If I was God, I'd say, I appoint you as my witness so they'll believe. No, but he's saying, I appoint you as my witness so that you will believe. If your faith is wavering and you're you're hurting and you're suffering, you're wondering where God is and you're moaning and groaning about whatever. 
okay? <laughs> start using it for his glory and start watching the doors open. And, and it's, it's amazing when you, when you are available, God brings people into your life. He Amen. says, I can bring them by Nick. I can bring them by berries. I know I can speak to them through. They're, they're open vessels for me. Yep. And it just starts happening on a daily basis. Like, wow, Absolutely. is this crazy or Absolutely. what? And look, there, there are times where you don't feel like, man, I don't even know how to do it. God will empower you to do it. But especially if you're depressed as well, that's obviously hard to mm reach out to someone, right, who you're trying to ask the Holy Spirit to use you to go in and save the lost, but you feel, I'm, I'm, I'm in this hole, I'm stuck in the yuck. Um, you know, three things that you can do. Um, remind yourself, maybe make a list of the 10 biggest blessings that God has given you and read over that again and again and again. Second thing is talk to somebody and maybe get counseling if you need counseling from someone, a Christian counselor, to really process your emotions. You don't want to bury it. You don't want to ignore it because eventually those emotions are going to come up and you have to deal with it. Uh, and then unfortunately, you'll say or do things that are really something you would not do or say. Thirdly, go out there and serve the homeless. Go and be uh, someone out there representing the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's how God as well can ignite Absolutely. that love and compassion for Absolutely. people where you unselfishly yeah. Yeah. go out and give. Yeah. You don't give to receive. You give to give because if I can't share my testimony, I can sure serve a bowl of soup to a homeless person down the street, right? That's right. So help me God, he will, right? Yeah. And so I want you to know that that that, that is so important as well uh, to, for, for you to feel like, man, I, I need to feel like a greater sense of purpose in my life. Go and do something. And if a guy if a guy without arms and legs can be used by God to be his hands and feet, then God can use any willing What's heart. your excuse? You know? Amen. What Satan means for bad, God uses for good. Whatever Satan is trying to do to you, it might just be God giving you it could be a blessing, direct blessing from God. I mean, you have no idea. But no matter what, God can make it a blessing. That's Amen. the point you're making. Amen. And no that's the what. faith. And he will always show you that in yeah. the end, in the time. Yeah that he wants in the way. So Life Without Limbs, it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, that's taken me now around the globe, 3,500 stages, 70. Tell me how many people you impact, yeah. directly, indirectly. I mean, it's an amazing thing. Tell it us, is, tell it us is truly amazing. So thank you to all of you um, who know something about Life Without Limbs, who pray for us, who financially support us. Yes, thank we you. just moved thank from you, California to Texas, the United States of Texas, uh, in Dallas. And we are so, so blessed to be there at Hope Center with June Hunt and Hope for the Heart Ministries there. But I just want you all to know that our ministry is so blessed to say that we've been in 74 countries, 3,500 stages, nine and a half million people. 3,500 stages. stages. Yeah. That's a lot of stages. Speeches, yeah. Speeches. That's, in front that's, of nine a, direct, that's a direct presentation. Yeah. Okay. In front of nine and a half million people, of which 1.1 million gave their life to Jesus. And then when we go into a country by the grace of God, we've been privileged to address 10 national governments, meet 21 presidents. Um, and then go on national mainstream television to preach gospel to 733 million people Incredible. so far. Incredible. But I think the high of your life was right in the GT this afternoon. <laughs> I love this guy. This guy's the best. And so we have a prison ministry. Yeah. We we'll have a prayer and encouragement ministry. <laughs> and uh, we have a, a big Jesus tent, old school tent. Like we're talking like 60, a traveling, like a traveling, uh, 60,000 square foot. Tent. How many books you written? Uh, six. <laughs> six. <laughs> and then um, what else? Wait, uh, my my team. Have like, you ever wait. seen him do a backflip off a diving board? I mean, this guy swims like a champ. Uh, soccer. You play soccer. Soccer. Yeah. Uh, golf. Golf. Yeah. You, you drive sky a diving. You, you, you driven sky, a car. Skydiver, you drive a car. I've driven a car. Yeah. You drive a car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> scuba diving uh, I don't know surfing with Bethany Hamilton oh man isn't she the best she is the best you remember Bethany the you're the best her arm and she's still yeah. going strong and just loves the Lord absolutely Maui, Maui. so through digital but not just evangelism but discipling because we want to help kids yeah. we really feel this burning to ignite the next generation yeah. ages 
as young as 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, to start teaching them what they haven't learned in church. There's so many ways. They haven't learn. learned how to study the Bible. They, they don't know how to talk to their friends about Jesus. Less, they, they, less than 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. Less than 6%. They're lost. Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers, and that's about 80% of our population. They see black as white, white as black, good as bad, yep. bad as good. Yep. And we're seeing that, yep. we're seeing that everywhere. But we can get mad at them, but they're lost. They're lost. They've been brought up in a godless society. Yeah. They're lost. And how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? And they're not going to church. They're not going to church. So the only hope is us. And the who only hope will is us. Know? Who will know if, wait, how will they be told yeah. until someone is sent. Is sent. How, how will they know if somebody tells you. them? And how, how will they know if somebody tells them? How will somebody tell them unless they That's are? Yeah, nobody said to us. When's the last time we heard a pastor say, my job, he's Ephesians 4.11, my job is to equip the saints for ministry. When do you hear that? We hear three good, three points of how to be a nicer person when we go out with smoke and mirrors and, and live, yeah, get a The majority of the churches. There are some good churches out there. Uh, Pew Research did a study last year on 50,000 sermons from thousands of churches, oh, no. and they found out that less than 10% mentioned salvation. Less than 10%. So the burden's on us. Okay, we can't complain about it. That's, that's just fact. It's up to us. It's up to us. And you know and what I said? It doesn't matter if you're able-bodied or you're not able-bodied. It doesn't matter if you're skating or and you have all kinds of wonderful stuff or, or or you're just in the midst of trial almost better. I mean, he's reached a lot more people than I have. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Golly, so, you so have reached so many people him. because of that. Praise God. But it takes many people Praise around God. you, the team, well, the donors, yes, and prayer. You know, you can't do anything without yeah, prayer. Yeah. So you have no excuse, folks. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care what you're going through. Use it to minister. Use it. Have joy. Love God. You just said, first off, you just have to get to God. And you just have to love it with your whole, your heart, mind, and soul. Just say, I don't care what's going on, God. I don't care about the world. I don't care my circle. Yeah. I don't care what I have. Mm. I don't care my job. Mm. I just want to love you. Let's pray for them right now. And, and please, Let's you, pray. You, Come you, here. Okay, Lord ahead. Jesus, we thank you right now. So many people, so many people don't know you yet, Jesus, Lord. Father, Jesus, we thank Jesus. you that those who maybe become callous mm. in that first mm. love and that mm. burning and, mm. and that fire that was once there, Lord, reignite us, Lord ignite, Jesus, right now. Ignite it from the youngest to the oldest. Father, we thank you. Give us a passion to reach for the lost. That Father, we thank you for the truth that there is no one that we can lay eyes on here on earth today that you don't love and you are mourning and grieving over the lost. Mm. Jesus, you mm. shed your blood on the cross. Mm. And Thank Father, we you, have Lord. that. We Thank have you, that Jesus. for us. But Lord, Thank help you, us to, to, to burn with mm. a passion to go and save the lost. In Jesus' In name. Jesus name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do want to say one last thing. Yeah, man. I want to thank Ron Baldwin. Oh, Ron! <laughs> what a brother. Ron Baldwin is my dear friend, and he has, he calls it a business, I call it a ministry. Uncommon giving. <laughs> yes. Which is a gift to the church. Yep. To help us know how to give our monies better. He, he's like a guide here. He's a counselor. He just leads us all through it. And we're here for a dinner at my house. We're going to have 120 people in a few minutes to walk out and talk to. You get right. to talk to. Yep. Uh, about that. And it's because of him having you here that we get to hang out today and, and have some fun with cars. And It was awesome. <laughs> that Ford GT folks. was fun. But, I uh, told him all about my love for cars and all the Chevelle. But, man, we know that, dude. I reckon God's going to give you a car just for fun, just for kicks up there. Because I know he loves cars so much. But I love so your heart. So you are chief, what's your title? Uh, my you title. You a new title now. Chief Generosity Officer Ooh, at like Uncommon that. Giving, based out of Scottsdale, Ooh, Arizona. You want to talk to Nick? You, you, want, you, want, you want to talk to Nick? <laughs> you call him at Uncommon Giving. Chief Generosity Officer. Generosity Officer. One year How old can you get any better than that, man? So I does it. I, I, wow. Seago. They call me Seago, man. How cool is that? I'm going to get a hat. Seago. Um, so what we want to do is, is be the spearhead company in America uh, for marketplace generosity. Mm. The bigger, smaller companies that give yeah. to social responsible causes um, and, 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 and even a matched in helping nonprofits do what they do. And we whether you give $10 or you give $10 million, the, 
they treat treat everybody the same. Yep. So right. nonprofits, it's free to to actually register your and create and design your own yeah. account yeah. and get an exposure, doing good. campaigns, cool. working with social media influencers <laughs> to do campaigns. So we actually just came back from Yuma on the border with the Border oh Relief Fund, oh um, helping human traffic, child welfare. You were on the border yesterday. Yesterday. We saw people crossing the border while we were filming. And, and when you see these kids, I mean, just in Yuma alone, in, in four months, 2,000 unaccompanied minors. So we need to really help the, the Border Patrol families, the food bank. There's one food bank that 25% of Yuma depend on. 25% of Yuma. So what wow. we try to do wow. is come from a holistic point of view, working with government, working with all NGOs, yeah. to say, as a community, let's pump a lot of cash. So then you get more cash, get more exposure to all the nonprofits synergistically working together. I wish the churches would do that. So because they're not, we're working with the nonprofits together to do what we need to do, the hands and feet, and to really inspire generosity and the movement in Gen Z, and, and millennials, and, and actually cultivate the culture of generosity where you open up, a t what you're gonna like this, $200 wallet, and every, three every quarter, every three months, you give 50 bucks to something that you've never done. And they're working on right now, volunteering hours. So grandpa or grandma can sponsor mm. little Joey mm. to go with his mom. To go make pocket money from grandma, grandpa, if they volunteer an hour at Salvation Army. I mean, if that's what it takes, I mean, that let's let's do this. So it's no matter time what you do, treasure. no matter what you do, that's we we have to do that. We have to do it. Call to do that. But in addition to whatever you do for the Lord in the form of of an organized organized effort, you want to move everybody every day closer to Jesus. Amen. We're all surrounded by people that are lost. And how are they going to know unless we tell them? We got to get busy and, and, and tell you, tell your friends. Um, we 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 can do this. What like what's your final word on why they should share their faith? Well, first what's of all, final word for how, why they should be igniting <laughs> America's revival. One person. I'll time. tell you that in a second. Lifewithoutlimbs.org. That's my ministry. Yes. where I preach yes. at. So check that out. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Thank you for for your prayers. Um, what haunts me? and gets me going every single day is imagine if heaven was mapped out like earth as we know it and your current residence is the current mapping of the streets and there are neighbors in this development god says in the bible that when you're saved jesus is busy right now as a carpenter preparing a place for you, a mansion. We all get a mansion, don't we? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So what, what's really interesting to me is an illustration that I always visualize. That imagine I go to heaven and I'm like, wow, I see my mansion, it's beautiful, it's perfect, it's heaven. But then I go out on the street and I see how many neighbors, mansions never got built because no one wow. preached the gospel to that neighbor and they're not here. And so when you multiply that with multiple people in each house, I don't think I can motivate any more than, the, than what you've done. Um, but that's, that's the burden. This, is, this, is, this could be our last day. Well, is, that, is that not true? The, the last point is... This could is, be our last this, day today. We're running out of time. Yeah. We, the rapture could happen tomorrow. I mean, we, could. we could... And think of all... All our unsaved friends and loved ones. I, I pray, God, even come, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to go. And then I think, wait a minute. No. Don't hold back. <laughs> I got to get, I start naming all the people I'm working on that I got to get them into heaven first. Hold on a little bit longer. And that's more of my prayer at this point. There's so many people I'm working on. Uh, and I think so we, close, I think we know. honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we belittle the Holy Spirit's power. Mm. I just want to share this last mm. thing. Mm. In Australia, one of my first cousins went out of his way to discourage Christians from their faith walk. And he said, if what is coming out of my mouth is untrue, let God take my voice away. And not to throat cancer, but let it mysteriously go away. He hasn't had a voice for 18 months. He went through a tragedy in his life with his girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He 
found himself in a police station at the bottom of the bottom. He looked himself in the mirror and he said to himself, you're nothing. You need God. And the Holy Spirit grabbed him. He did a 180. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's getting baptized on the 6th of June. And we all knew around him Woo-hoo. there is nothing that yeah. we yeah. could say to yeah. him. It was a spiritual unveiling that the Holy Spirit knew that that's what he needed to go through before he did find Jesus yeah. as his Lord and Savior. So pray. Wow. Don't yeah. just go and pray and fast. Yeah. When was the last time you fasted for one of your loved boy, ones to be boy, saved? Boy, boy, boy. The right? Only, the, the only battle is not serving God. That's the only battle. I mean, you know what the nudge is. God nudges you all the time. You should call that person. You're talking to someone that's not a Christian. You think, I should ask if I could pray for them. That's it. Uh, there's a person in need, and oh, I, I don't have time. We have a million excuses. I can tell you one last word. Follow the nudge. Follow that nudge every time. Follow that nudge, and you'll live in the fog. You'll live in the favor of God. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you're going through or what's going on, you got joy. And uh, I, it's, it's pretty cool. It's Love pretty it. cool. Man, Love man, it. man. I tell you what, it's a great family. Can and I give you an acronym? Yes. F-A-I-T-H, full assurance in the heart. Full assurance in the heart. That's full assurance. That's unwavering. Unwavering. That unwavering. despite what you see, yeah. despite what you feel, yeah. despite what you know, yeah. you hold God in yeah. the in the word as faithful and you see him yes. as faithful. Yes. He will never let you down. And when you're disabled, when you go by faith and not by sight, you put a G-O in front of the word disabled, it spells out God is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly Abundantly more than than you you can ever exactly ask, imagine, imagine. or attain. You can't even hold it. You You can't even hold it. We need to go on the road together. Okay, I got to add one more. Let's go back in the Ford and talk more. I got to give you one more. Okay. (laughs) That unway bush, it's a faith. What did it say again? Full. Full. Assurance. Assurance. In. In. The. In the faith. Heart. Oh, in the heart. Full assurance in the heart. If you don't have full assurance in the heart, here's what happens. You're worrying. If you're praying. I'm sorry, folks, but if you're praying yeah. and you're worrying, it's not going to work. Yeah. You're double-minded. Mm. The Bible says you're double-minded. Come James on. 1 says you can ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. But 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 don't waver. <laughs> don't you waver. Mm. <laughs> if you waver, you're like, read it in James 1. If you waver, you're like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. A, a double-minded man, you're double-minded. If you're praying and worrying, folks, you're double-minded. And James 1 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And then the clincher for that thought within first chapter of James is, let not that man expect to receive anything from me. So if, if you're wondering why your prayers aren't being answered, God's not offering you to answer your prayers unless you're in this whole faith. Amen. So, I mean, that's powerful. So how do you, how do you get there, you know? And uh, you read the word. You read the word and you share the word. And when you share the word, God just uses you. And oh my gosh, nobody can take that away from you. God just, when God uses you to reach somebody and you know he just gave you the words, wow, nothing's gonna shake your faith for there. And and that's when the the promise of Romans 8, 28. For all All things things. work together for good for those who love him, whole heart, whole mind, soul, all in. I love you, God. And live for my purpose. And his purpose is to seek and save the lost. It's not your purpose or mine. It's his. He's got a plan for you and a plan for me how to perform his purpose. His purpose is to seek and save the lost. In my words, to move everybody every day closer to Jesus. God bless you.